0: 99.3 WBT. Third hour of the program. Happy Friday. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers if you want to join the program. Uh, You can also hit me up, Pete, at the Pete Callender Show. Also, if you are on the Twitter machine or are getting on Twitter, at Pete Calliner, that's K-A-L-I-N-E-R. Remember, get the podcast as well. You can get it at WBT.com or com. And, uh, yeah, I don't understand what I'm seeing on Twitter, why I've gotten all of these. It, it just keeps coming all day long. It just keeps coming. I have, and I see it. Let me see. I'm going to click on this one. Yeah, I mean, here is somebody with over a 1,000 followers and then this 1,300 followers. Um and then I've also gotten some that are just like zero followers so, so maybe those are the people that are coming back onto Twitter with the Elon Musk announcement I don't know maybe they're showing up and they find me on some lists or you know who to follow and the algorithms now I don't I have no idea, but I do have a suspicion I might have been shadow banned I have a suspicion um Dennis writes into Pete at the Pete calendar show about the Biden uh, plan to create a ministry of truth. And uh, Dennis says that is about as analogous as having bill Clinton announce a new code of ethics for the girl scouts. There you go, Dennis. Thank you very much. Bringing it, (laughs) bringing the comedy. Um, Taylor Lorenz. (laughs) Sorry. I just always had that kind of reaction. It, it, it's only the first reference. It's not going to be constant, I don't think. Um, Washington Post reporter Taylor Lorenz says she has been suspended by Truth Social. That's the president's new or former president Trump's new social media platform that is set to compete with Twitter. They made the uh, announcement that Truth Social or that uh, uh, Trump got on to Truth Social today. Right. Heard it in the newscast. No, he's not going to get onto Twitter. Why would he go over onto Twitter now? That was the whole point of building his own platform. Kind of buggy. I will say that. That's some of the reports I've seen. It's, and it's very difficult. Look, people forget. You know, Twitter has been around for a long time now. But at the beginning of it, there were a lot of problems. I remember a lot of the problems. So Taylor Loren says she got banned or suspended by Truth Social. And she said, I'm being silenced by big tech. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh. And she says she didn't do anything bannable. Didn't you, Taylor? Didn't you? I mean, that whole doxing of the woman behind the account libs of TikTok, that whole thing. Do you remember that? Remember when you, yeah, remember when you doxed that woman? That might be Bannable. But here's something else. If you don't like it, start your own platform. Isn't that the argument you guys made to the conservatives when they were getting banned from Twitter because Twitter donates 99% of all of its money to Democrats and they're in a bubble, right? Truth Social signed a deal now with Rumble, which is a YouTube competitor, okay? I'm on Rumble as well. I don't really do anything over there because I built... Look, when I was... When I was doing the podcast before I arrived back at WBT, I did the podcast for almost 2 years and I had to build it very quickly. And in doing so, there are there were platforms at that time that were very easy to integrate. It was very easy for me to do that. I had uh, you know, I have the podcast platform, I have the website and you can kind of funnel all of that through Google. You can also funnel it through Facebook, but I didn't want to do that. But I had, I set up Facebook groups, well, a group uh, for the fans. Uh, I set up a public page when I got to 5,000 friends, quote unquote friends. You got to do a public page then. Um, did a Patreon page. The Patreon links up to YouTube. So when you do live streams, it's already integrated. Now, when I looked into uh, Dave, yeah, Dave Rubin's platform that he built as a competitor to Facebook, his is called Locals, and I actually had some discussions with them uh, about how to build out that platform. I did not like the fact that they took a bigger cut of the donate uh, donations from your patrons, basically, than Patreon did. They took a bigger cut and they had fewer features. But now they've gotten to a point where they have included, I think it's via Rumble as well. Now you can do the same sorts of live stream type of events. So they have been building their platform in the ensuing two years. And it's going very well for them. So I'm on these, I'm on all of these different platforms, but I I very rarely, I'm, I'm on Gab, I'm on Parler, MeWe, and yeah, but I don't do anything. I try to, but I'm only one man. I cannot post everything onto every single platform. It's just it's very difficult to do, and that's sort of the the hurdle that a lot of people on the right were always trying to clear. Is that the infrastructure that got built up from the you know the mid two thousands through the mid teens? That's now all in place, and. Those are the places that people go to. I mean, that's not to say that there can't be another kind of startup platform that uh, grabs a bunch of market share. But it's going to have to be pretty unique, you know? And if it is, I mean, Facebook will just buy it. That's usually how that goes. Um, So Truth Social signs a deal with Rumble that uh, could help with the company's launch. Chris Anderson down at the Sarasota Herald Tribune, which is where I think Rumble is, um, has a headquarters down there in Sarasota County. He wrote in Rumble, Trump now has a large, reliable platform to replace Twitter, and it's a sure sign that he's going to run in 2024. Trump's media company and Rumble are also reported to be involved uh, in merger talks that could place a value on their company at one point two billion dollars. But Taylor Lorenz got banned, and so we're supposed to cry for her. I will not. She is the lowest form of, I don't even want to say journalism because it's not what it is. Uh, journalism or journalisming journalism-er, It's kind of what I refer to it as. It's not journalism. Not in the traditional sense or in my understanding of what that word in that profession was. This is a whole new kind of breed. This is activism with a byline. This is score settling. It's tearing down of regular people who happen to express opinions that the you know the elites do not like. That the guardians of the information, the gatekeepers, don't like. They don't want you hearing this stuff. Uh, Taylor Lorenz has made a career, literally her career, out of eavesdropping in clubhouse. That's the that was the one of these platforms where people would call in and talk with each other. She would eavesdrop on that stuff and then out people for things that they said, identifying and doxing people. So what she did to the libs of TikTok creator, the uh, is not new for her. This is what this is what the Washington Post hired her to do. Cause she used to be at the New York Times. This is what they hired hired her to do. And the worst part is she's a victim herself, she says, of the very same egregious tactics. Employed by opponents. We'll get into that in a minute. And Glenn R- Greenwald's uh, take on this as well. News Talk 1110 993 WBT 704 and 1 800 WBT 1110 Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Okay, was blasted by an Instagram influencer who said that she was being cyberbullied because she has the same name as the operator of the right-leaning Twitter account Libs of TikTok, who was allegedly doxxed by the Washington Post reporter on Tuesday. Yeah, Taylor Lorenz, Washington Post journalismer, put out the name and contact information for the anonymous woman who runs the Libs of TikTok account. All this woman does is take TikTok videos from leftists and puts them out on a Twitter feed. That's it. She doesn't alter them. She doesn't comment on them. She just takes the video and puts it up. Oh, but she also has a common name for Orthodox Jews. Chaya Rachik, apparently, is a common name. I was not aware of that, but um, this Woman shares a name with another woman who was traveling through Southern California while on Passover vacation. And she had to post to her Instagram followers Hey, I'm not the person who did the libs of TikTok videos. Rachik then demanded that Lorenz do more to stop the abuse. She said, This is on you, Lorenz. You need to clarify that this is not me. People are posting and tweeting my parents' home address. If anything happens to my family, it is on you. So very weird dynamic going on here. It's an interesting development. Because Taylor Lorenz herself, she broke down and wept during an interview, I think, with MSNBC or NBC News. It's kind of the same thing, so who cares? But the person was asking her, Well, what's it been like? How has it been, you know, outing all of these conservatives and then people get whipped up against you? And Taylor the Wrens was very, very emotional about this. They'll threaten children. They'll threaten my parents. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. I, I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. Yeah. And it's so isolating. And terrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry <laughs> you're fine, you're it's fine. overwhelming i mean it's that's really like hard. that's like sobbing that's sobbing kind of crying right there she's talking about how she has ptsd because people went after her family and attacked her family and all this stuff this is the woman and by the way the reason why people went after her like that is because she doxes people turnabout fair play ever heard the term That's what that's why they did it to her. That's why I'm not defending it. I do not endorse that. I oppose those efforts, but I also oppose them when she does them. This is another example. You guys are not going to like it when these tactics are turned on you, when everybody starts playing by your rules, because these are your rules. Remember, uh, who was it, CNN? Right. Wasn't it CNN that tracked down somebody who and outed them as the maker of that GIF? That's the way you pronounce that too, by the way. I'm not getting into that fight, but it is Jif. The guy who made it up. The guy who created the gif says it's Jif. I go by that. Anyway, remember the 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 little uh brief video where Donald Trump is at the wrestling ring and somebody puts the CNN logo on the body of one of the wrestlers and Trump is, you know, going in and like decks them and pins them and all that. That gif The guy who created that got outed by CNN, doxed for that. Or how about, um, was it NBC that showed up at some, like, 70-year-old woman in Florida, retiree, who had a Facebook group that was all pro-Trump, and some Russian bot got into the Facebook group. And so they go down there and stick a mic in her face saying, did you know that you were uh, part of a Russian disinformation campaign? And she's like, what? what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> barely even knows how to do Facebook correctly. So, no, I'm, I am i don't really have a lot of sympathy for people who engage in that behavior and then cry about being targeted by the very same tactics that they employ against others. Um, Lorenz took to social media. She did try to tell her. Massive following of 300,000 followers on Twitter to leave Chaya Raychick alone. It's not the right one. But if you want to go after that other one, she's over there. The controversial journalist was accused of doxing the libs of TikTok creator by including a link to her original story or in the original story that revealed a workplace address. Lorenz has denied that accusation. Except for the fact that it is, in fact, true. It is exactly what was included in the story. It was a link to the libs of TikTok creators' personal information. A Washington Post spokesperson then told the New York Post that the newspaper had removed the link, which took readers to a page that revealed the libs of TikTok creators' professional address. The Washington Post said that it decided to remove the link because we ultimately deemed it unnecessary, which is an interesting shift because earlier, the Post put out a statement that said, we didn't do that, we didn't, post any information. Okay. If you didn't post any information, then what the hell did you just remove? Why would you need to remove something? Because they said we did not publish or link to any details about her personal life. That is a lie. That is a lie. Because it was her home address. She worked out of home. She was realtor. So you lied. You took the link off. And then you said, oh, we deemed it unnecessary. Why would you have deemed it unnecessary if you never put it up there in the first place. So now you've just proven that the Washington Post will lie to you. And Taylor Lorenz is a raging hypocrite. We're going to hear from Glenn Greenwald on this. He made some brilliant points in a recent uh, YouTube video. We'll get to that in a minute. 1110-993-WBT, Pete Callender here on a Friday afternoon. Beautiful weather. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, A couple of emails here to Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Subject line, CYA at Twitter. Mike says, Pete, I have heard several conservative talk show hosts mention that their number of Twitter followers increased significantly since the Musk acquisition. Could it be that... The Twitter employees who tamp down conservative support are busy covering their tracks, so Musk doesn't discover their influence when he officially takes over. The timing is suspicious, and I'm ripe for a conspiracy theory. Well, Mike, uh, you know me; I am an Occam's razor kind of guy. Gives me the closest shave at the. No, I'm just kidding. But it is usually I, I I usually steer clear of the conspiracy theories. I never considered whether I was being shadow banned or not. I never noticed any kind of reduction in reach or anything, but I don't track that stuff. That's not, and I know there are a lot of people in my line of work that do. They, they monitor all of the impressions and the reach and the follower counts and all of that. And you can go really, really, really deep into those metrics. You really can. But I never did. So I never knew what the, you know, what my baseline, what my status quo would have been prior to any kind of throttling or shadow banning or anything like that. I never noticed. I never cared to explore it because I would just, you know, especially when I was doing the podcast, I would just push out everything on all of the platforms that I could and and just let it be that. But I also do a lot of, uh, I paint a lot of my Twitter masterpieces, if you will. In the North Carolina politics hashtag, which is the pound sign, the hashtag NCPOL, that's where I do most of my work. And so I don't know if I get pushed down in those lists or not, but anybody who goes to that hashtag is going to see my stuff. You're going to see me commenting unless you've muted me, or I guess unless Twitter bans me, which I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm going to start getting a lot more interactions now. But now I'm paying attention. Now, I, like I now, I've just gone to look and see. I've picked up; it's almost now 200 followers just within the last like two weeks, which is nuts. So I, I, I got to go explore that more. But I'm I'm curious. Mike says in the email there, he says that he's heard other hosts that have seen similar dynamics play out, and if that's the case, again, it could be a it could be that you've got the shadow bans that were being lifted or algorithms that are now being dismantled, trying to you know clean the place up, remove the evidence before Elon gets there. Or it could be that you've got a lot of people that now want to return to Twitter that had left, but now are, are OK coming back because they think it's going to be better. And maybe it's a little from column A and a little from column B. I don't know. But it is noticeable. I will say that. Uh, then there's this email from David who says, Pete, I am a am uh, recently retired and wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your show. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate it. Your analytical approach to news and ability to provide great critical analysis is, uh, uh to key political stories is very refreshing. Now that I am retired, I take three mile walks every day and can usually get at least two of your three podcasts in during the walk. Well, David, that just tells me you need to take longer walks so you can get the full three hours. Um, like you, he says, I have been working on weight loss and my walking and your podcast have been a key factor in my 28-pound weight loss since October. Very good. That's awesome, David. 28 pounds. Um, yeah, so you're dropping, what, three pounds a month just from walking? That's fantastic. I recommend, though. I always recommend this. This is one of the big things I learned. I was talking with the PhD weight loss folks yesterday. One of the big things I learned doing the PhD weight loss and nutrition. Protein, dietary fat. Those, they really are the keys. You eat protein and a healthy fat. You gotta have the fat. The fat makes you feel full. The diet, the healthy fats, uh like a tablespoon of mayo or better yet two tablespoons of avocado oil mayo taste and they got the different flavors too so like my snack when I have my snack at two o'clock usually here during the program it's three ounces of chicken with two tablespoons of uh, a, a chipotle lime avocado mayo oh also swap out like the breading for uh crushed up chicarones. Pork rinds. You take pork rinds, smash them down. They're like pure protein. Smash them all down to, to crumbs, and that's your breading. And you get no carbs. But the the so yeah so that's the that's the key protein and dietary fat every meal, uh, and having those snacks at various points throughout the day. You're eating five times a day, maybe six depending on your schedule. Uh, but you want to be eating like every you know three hours or so. And that keeps your blood level uh, or your blood sugar levels constant. You're not hitting the spikes and the crashes and all that stuff. So congrats, uh, David, on the weight loss. Keep up the good work. Uh, he says keep up the great work. Please continue to be that contrarian voice of reason for Charlotte. I will do my best. David, thanks so much. I do appreciate you taking the time to write the, uh, the email. On this uh, question of journalisming. I mentioned yesterday about uh, Princeton's Wang. Sam Wang, people. Sam Wang. The guy who was in charge of the Princeton gerrymander project, that guy. Sam Wang. Now being investigated for for the way he conducts his work. He's biased, right? So I am curious. For all of the media journalismers... Uh, in North Carolina politics for all the folks that spent the last two years three years or so touting the Princeton gerrymander program or project and all of their ratings and they were attacking the general Assembly maps for their F ratings and they're gerrymandered by uh, or their their gerrymanders when ranked by the Princeton group uh, they got an F and so you know they're terrible they've been holding these folks up as experts and now it turns out, that the guy at the heart of this project is now accused by the people that he worked with of being a partisan, of trying to cheat in order to draw maps to favor Democrats. I know, it's a shock, right? Sam Wang. And the university is now investigating him. His own university is now investigating him for these practices that have been called out by people that were involved in the project with him. So I'm curious. Media, you love to play the defend or disavow game with Republicans involved in scandals or just another Republican. Hey, tell me what you think about this other scandal, but from some other person at a different level. You guys going to play that game with yourselves? I'm not waiting for an answer. Don't worry. No. Hey, Brett Winterbull's up next. Stick around. I'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Don't break anything while I'm gone.